Rookie Designer. My name is Jake Van Ness, and I'm here with my co-host, Carl. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. So, you might notice from my background that I'm not home. I am yeah. actually on the road this weekend, actually, through the 5th. And as you saw, I am cat-sitting, which I know some people would think is ridiculous, but let me explain. So, good friends of mine traveled from Portland, Oregon to New York for a new job. Cat did wonderful traveling across the country, but they're staying in one of those, like, hotel suite apartment type of places, and Barley hasn't really been here that long, and they've only been here like a week, and they wanted to fly out to a wedding. I live about three hours away. They're like, hey, why don't you come down and, and hang out and take care of Barley for me, because I've met Barley before. And most people be like, wait a minute, you're going away for a couple of days. It's a cat. He could take care of himself. Well, they're doing construction in the hotel on either side of this room. He hasn't really been here that long. So they asked me to come down, just keep him company, make sure he's doing okay. And I was like, okay, it gets me out of the house, gives me an excuse to come down and see my friends. So they flew out today, take care of Barley for the next couple of days. They'll be back Sunday, and then I'll spend through the 4th of July with them. So I'm actually on the route. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. And he looks like a Tribble rather than a cat. And if you guys don't know what a Tribble is, you have some Star Trek to watch. <laughs> yes, he does. He he is a very, very comfortably large cat. He is he is comfortable with his weight. Well, that's good. Role <laughs> model for everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why don't we jump right into design news? Because I know we got a lot of stuff going on. Even though I'm traveling, I, I'm still working on the road. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Yes, both of us are very happy today's Friday. So let's jump into design news first. So the first thing I want to talk about is Logo Lounge put out their 2018 trend report. Now, we all know there's the, the idea of like when it comes to logos that there tends to be trends from year to year and what those are. So what Logo Lounge does is it kind of about the middle of the year says, okay, this is what the trends are for this year. Um, Bill Gardner is the president of Gardner Design and the founder of LocalLounge.com. And so basically, he's going to talk about what the trends are for this year. He says, this year's logo trends were influenced by a pendulum swing that's starting to swing from clean, modern aesthetic towards curvy retro designs that reflect a new attitude through color and embellishments. Now, we all know simple's better. But that doesn't mean that in the new digital age that you can't get a little more creative with that and do things. So what are some of those trends? Uh, the, the one that I thought was kind of funny was the established trademark trend. Now, the example that he shows is a brewery. So I 100% agree with this, that all of these new brewery companies, all these new breweries are coming out with these established in... 2015 established in 2000 and i made a comment to my buddy the other day i said you know how you know you're getting old when things start saying established in 2000 i'm like wait a minute that that's not that long ago and then you go oh wait that's 18 years ago so that's kind of how you know you're you're getting old yeah we we almost did that with the tavern logo that i was doing they they were considering established but there's a little risk with stuff like that because if you don't actually open that year, well, that that's true, yeah. 
And so let's see, what are some other ones that he talks about? Um, he talks about parallelograms. And that has to do with the towards the right and upward mo movement. So that kind of makes sense. That's the way some of these parallelograms are. Some of these logos are all doing that same thing where they've got some type of element that's in that shape going from bottom left to top right. I so, like this tumble book that they're doing. Yeah, that one I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, what did that mean exactly? Is that, I mean, so, it's rounded that. corners. Um, these are Each one of these would look good in black, just one color. But um, it's all about the rounded corners, and I, I, I think that that's far easier to do in Illustrator CC now, where you can just click a couple times and you see the shape and you can pick a corner and just kind of round it. It's yeah, because you can almost tweak it a lot easier now than you used to be able to. That's, that's a good point. My question is, did that trend come up when it became much easier to round all the corners on an object all, all together? Yeah, I kind of wonder. It'd be interesting to, to look at that correlation. Another one I find interesting is the one called Cut, where it literally looks like they just cut the word in half, and you can only see like the bottom half or the top half. Or they cut letters a certain way so you only see a part of the letter. Kind of interesting. I mean, it's I always find it interesting to look at trends and see what, what they are because it's always neat to see where things are going or, or what things have been going on. But we've talked about it before in previous episodes. These are trends. Obviously, you want to be careful how much you use stuff that looks like these trends or how much you say, okay, I really like that trend, so I'm going to do something similar to that. Because the reason he does his trend report every year is because those trends change every year. So if you want something that is timeless, you got to be really careful you don't fall into these pitfalls of using what is trending. Because then next year, or maybe a couple of years from now, everybody's going to look at it and be like, oh, that's outdated because that was trending in 2018 and now it's 2020. So you do have to be careful with that. So it is good to read through these and see what the explanation is for them and why why they're the training ones. And he gives about four examples for each thing. So it's kind of interesting. Another one I thought he's got here is punctuation. So using punctuation within the logo that's not typical. So he's got one that actually has a, a comma. He's got the red box logo, which has a period at the end, which I never realized that. So it's kind of interesting. So I'll I'll put a, a link to this in the show notes. So Carl, where can they find the show notes? Uh, it's going to be rookie designer slash RD one sixty seven, right? We're on one sixty seven yep. now. Yep, we're on episode one sixty seven. So that that's the design news I have for this week. Um, why don't we jump into the topic? We're sure. basically going to talk about what I'm doing right now, which is working from the road, how I handle that, what what I do with that. But we also want to go down to the more minor working on the road, which is like you like to go to a certain coffee shop and work from there. So let's talk about like what that entails and what things we do to prepare for it, what pitfalls we got to be careful of. So what do you do when you're going to go on a trip for, say, a weekend or for a couple of days? Well, how do you handle that with your business? Well, when you run your own business, um, 
you want to make sure that you can help your clients as much as possible. So you definitely want to bring your equipment with you that is uh, relevant to that particular job. So if you can do what you need to do from a tablet, I, I, I would say bring the smallest bit of equipment that you actually can. My laptop's a monster, and when I upgrade next time, I'm definitely going to size that down a little bit so that I can bring the show on the road much more easier. Um, so equipment is a consideration. Connectivity, will you have access to the web? Um, also connectivity for your files. How are you storing them? How are you backing them up? Because if you're going to be working on the road, you don't want to rely on the onboard hard drive because if that fries, all your work's gone. So I would recommend some sort of remote backup service. Um, and then um, I, I always bring a mouse. If you work with a stylus, use that too. But I wouldn't work on design work just using the onboard trackpad. It just It's not as reliable. And if that thing fries, you need something else to use as well, such as a mouse. Yeah, let, let's go back to laptop and and size of your laptop or whether you can work with a tablet i think that's interesting because i had same thing i had a kind of a bulky uh, laptop and i was like well i need this because i need the power and then i came to realize that when i travel i'm not i'm not going to work on my big book projects or my big magazine projects during that time because i don't want to be away from my desktop to do that kind of work while i'm on the road i'd much rather do it on my desktop so I actually went with a smaller MacBook Pro than I necessarily would have wanted to work on daily. But I also, and it is kind of funny because most people wouldn't do what I did for this trip. I drove, so I literally have my monitor with me. I have my external keyboard. I have my mic and I have my laptop stand. I literally have what my typical setup is for my laptop when I'm using it here at the the apartment slash uh, hotel room. That is not typically how I travel. I would not try to stick all this stuff in my backpack and do that when I was traveling on a plane or something. But I was traveling by car and I'm going to be here for a couple days and I know my, my buddy's got to work and his wife's got to work and I have work I got to do because I have a newspaper layout. So I brought all this stuff with me, but this is not typically how I would do this. So typically I would have my laptop. I agree with you about having a mouse. Um, there, there's a lot of small options for a mouse. There's a lot of things you can you can get that are, that are much smaller. But I actually, when I travel, I travel with a full-size mouse because I prefer to use that. Um, same thing kind of with keyboards. There are a lot of options with smaller keyboards if you wanted to use an external keyboard. But I find when I travel, I'm just going to use the onboard keyboard. I just like having the mouse to kind of get away from using the trackpad and it's a little bit easier. Um, Tablet-wise, I don't use my tablet as much as I probably should, but that is an option. I mean, if you're only if you're going away for the weekend and you don't really have any design projects you need to do, maybe you can travel with your tablet so you can just deal with emails, so you can deal with just small things that don't necessarily you need the the powerhouse of your laptop and a mouse and stuff like that. Or if you're an illustrator, then obviously that's how you do most of your work on a tablet. Then maybe that's all you do need to travel with. You um, also, but it sounds like you also need to consider the type of work that you're going to do that weekend. So maybe you just bring your invoicing. Maybe you bring the simple projects. Maybe you're even just bringing a sketch pad to do uh, logo concepts. So you got to kind of uh, plan what you're going to be working on. 
Um, and I would tie that into plan where you're going to be working too. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm fortunate that I'm in a hotel that has very good internet. That's one of the reasons why we're able to record. It's one of the reasons why I'm actually able to work from here is I would not have planned to be here as long as I'm going to be here if they didn't have the internet that I need to be able to do the work I want to do. Um, that is really important because talking to my friend, they were staying in a different hotel for a couple of days before they got this room. And he said the internet over there was horrible. And he said it was really bad to try to do anything on it. And he said it's tough because they're here for about six to nine months, depending on what his contract ends up being. And he's like, I don't want to stay in a hotel room and not have good internet because, well, he doesn't work from his hotel room. He still wants to be able to stream Netflix and he wants to be able to check his email and do that stuff. So, yeah, it is important that if you're going to travel, find out what kind of internet that hotel has and how reliable it is. And also make sure that there's not these absorbent fees associated with it, too, because I've had that issue before where they have internet in the common area. But your hotel room, you actually have to pay to have internet in your hotel room. And also consider if, if maybe you're not going as far, maybe you're just um, staying for a couple days uh, out, out of town. Um, if you're going to work at coffee shops, if you're going to work in other s spaces, like maybe you go to a WeWork, consider um, whether or not you're going to be on the phone or teleconference. Background noise is going to be distracting. I could never do a webinar. Uh, producing role if I was on the road because I actually need to be heard by people and I need to hear what's being said. But if I'm in a coffee shop, I may not even be able to do client calls or maybe right. I can and just, you know, I'm apologetic. But you could also look into like, say, the Capital One Cafe or Staples uh, work spaces where the Capital One Cafe, it's free. The one we have here in uh, Linfield has conference rooms that are free and they, they're closed door access. Um, so again, just kind of look at where you're going and scope out places where you can do work in a quiet space if you need to. If, if that's, that's, that's a great point. Like we, we have a couple co-working spaces near where I live and I actually use them for meetings because they're kind of halfway between me and, and Albany, a major city in New York, the capital of New York. And so I use those co-working spaces all the time. And it's funny in those co-working spaces, they have little, they almost look like telephone booths. And that's actually what they kind of are because you can sit in there and have a phone conversation and nobody can really hear you. And so yeah. they, they give you almost that, that quietness you need, but also so you're not disturbing everybody else in that co-working space. So yeah, that's a great idea is to look into co-working spaces. Also, if you if you have relationships with other designers or you have relationships with other businesses, there's nothing wrong with saying to a business, hey, you know, I'm coming into town. Is your conference room available? Or is there something we can do to collaborate to kind of see what I could do to like use part of your space? There's nothing wrong with asking that. That's part of having those relationships. I was just going to say, uh, co-working at a space where your clients are, you know, that's a good opportunity to build a little relationship with them, you know, grab lunch or dinner with them. And then, you know, say I need a quiet space. I've got some client work. And then take it as an opportunity to kind of do your next pitch with them or show show them what you're working on, uh, maybe stuff that's with other clients, and then um, you know move along and uh, and uh, pitch new projects maybe. 
Yeah, the same thing with other designers, that collaboration. I mean, we see it all the time on YouTube and on Instagram and places like that where the big people on those platforms are collaborating and that's how they expand their audience. It's the same thing. Like if you know there's a designer in the area you're going to, reach out to that person and say, hey, you know, do you want to get together for coffee? And then you can bring the subject of, hey, you know, you got somewhere I could work for like an hour or two because I need some somewhere quiet. And that might give you an opportunity to see more of what they do. They can kind of get a sense of how you work and what you're working on. And maybe you guys could build more of a relationship and have more collaboration on, on bigger projects or different projects. So, yeah, I think it's great to think about that kind of stuff. Um, back to what you were talking to about where your files are. One thing that I do is I use Dropbox for all of my currently being worked on projects. Part of that is so that it syncs across anything I'm using and I know it's there as long as I've got an internet access and it syncs. Also, it has the version history. So if I accidentally delete something, I can go back one or two versions and actually grab that. You can pay for that to be extended past, I think it's 30 days. You can pay to have that extended past 30 days. I don't currently because typically I finish a project within 30 days so that I can move it out of that folder onto my, I have a network um, attached storage at my office at home, but I back that up to a external hard drive, which is what I travel with. And then that is backed up to an off site as well. So if anything ever happened and I, for some reason that, one that I travel with gets blown up and fries on me or whatever, I can reach out to my offsite backup and get those files. But I typically make sure that, like, for example, a couple of days before I traveled, I made sure everything was backed up on that external so that if I need any client files, because, for example, I had a client reach out to me on the drive down here, called me and said, hey, I haven't talked to you in two years, I need you to update my brochure and, and send it to the printer. And it was a really simple address change and adding a different state picture. And that's all I needed to do to change it. So I could do that quickly as soon as I got here, get it off to them for a proof and get that ordered while I'm here. So because I had that external hard drive with me that has all those files on it, I was able to pull that, even though it was two years old, I was able to pull that. Now, I also have like client archives that are clients that are five, 10 years old, those I may not necessarily have with me. But my philosophy on that is if I'm only gone a couple days, you just say to them, hey, you know, it's going to take me a couple days to dig out your files and you, you just give that delay that you need. Now, if you're on the road for like a month or you're doing something, my goal, something crazy like that, then you need to have that offsite backup or your online version of a backup so that you can go and get that stuff if you need to. So I think it's really important to think about that and also back up to that stuff because your your laptop's going to be bouncing around, your hard drive's going to be bouncing. Now, granted, solid state, a lot better, don't have as many issues, but say you accidentally drop your laptop or say you accidentally drop that hard drive or that or something major happens at the hotel and the hotel floods or something like that. You want to make sure that you're backing that stuff up somewhere so that when you get home, you have access to those files that you worked on. Because the worst thing is to work on all that stuff, get home and find out none of it's where it's supposed to be and it's gone. And now you've got to try to recreate all that. I mean, yeah, you could be on the road and your laptop may get stolen. That's true. Or something. So um, I do recommend using a cloud backup. Um, I don't use hard drive 
or tape back up or anything else like that right now. I use box. But uh, yeah, if my laptop was gone, I could be uh, online within a day. Yeah, which is really important, especially if you're on the road for quite a while. That that could be devastating, first of all, but at least you get yourself back up and running. Speaking of your laptop being stolen, one of the things that I will highly recommend is make sure your hotel room has a safe. And make sure that your laptop, your camera, your phone, anything that is really valuable fits in that safe. And that you can put it in that safe if you're not bringing it with you. So, for example, when I travel, I try to make sure that my laptop and my camera fit in that safe. So that when I leave the room and housekeeping comes in to do what they got to do, I don't have to worry that that laptop's going to walk away. So it's really important to think about that as well. So when you're going somewhere, make sure that you ask those questions, especially if you're getting into like Airbnb and things like that. Make sure you think about that, that do you have the security you need to make sure that your stuff is safe? That And same thing with going through the airport. Like, do not put your laptop in what you uh, check. Make sure you have a bag that has your laptop with you on the plane. Yes, it's a pain to have to pull it out and to do all that. But you know what? You don't want that bag to walk away. There, there was a guy that was at the creative conference two years ago whose bag never showed up. Never, like his, his, he had no clothes for the week that he was there. He had to go buy new clothes. Can you imagine if his laptop was in that? He was a presenter. Yet he, he was a coder, so he had work he had to do. He would have been devastated. He was devastated as it was because he, he did finally get his bag back almost a month after he got home. Now, he was traveling from Australia to the U.S. and it got lost somewhere on transit, but it was ridiculous. Like, it took almost up two months for him to get that thing back, but he got it back. But don't put your camera, your laptop, or any of that stuff in that kind of bag. Make sure you have a carry-on for that stuff. Yeah, I agree. And so what if you're going on the road um, and you're in a situation where you actually can't do the work, whether it's going to be on a vacation, maybe in my case, it's a honeymoon and you need to detach entirely. What are the best things that you can do um, to help not interrupt your clients too much? I think the number one thing is to have a plan. The number one thing is to say, okay, what work do I have coming up? Can I get done that work before my deadline, which is the day before I leave or before that, before I leave for my honeymoon? And the other thing is let your clients know, especially your major clients that may send you work on a regular basis. Say, okay, this period of time, I'm going to be out of touch. I'm going to be on my honeymoon or I'm going to be disconnected. So you need to Either get me that work now so that we can take care of it within the plan or you need to be flexible enough to hold that stuff until I get back. Now, you had talked about another option that could fall in there to help you out as well. How, what are you doing with that? So I'm training some redundancies to with people I know that could perhaps pick up a project with an email from my phone. So I know that I could grant you access to important files and give you a quick email brief about here's what I need done and how it should be done. Or there's someone within the client system, maybe it's another freelancer, I'm going to skill them up on what I'm working on so that they can also do things in a pinch. Um, 
I find I find with working with my clients, it's there's no value in keeping tr the secrets to yourself. They are much more comfortable if you are openly available to teach other people the skills because they keep you on because they like working with you, not just your skill set. Um, so be open about having that knowledge transfer in my mind. I think that's one of the best ways to have those preventions set up. Well, and going back to a previous episode we did called expectations and what's the other something. word? Something. Something. Yeah, I don't know. I'll find a – we'll put a link in the show notes. But basically it comes down to managing those expectations of your client to say, you know, hey, I am going to be out of touch during this period of time because I deserve a vacation or you, you know, burn me out. <laughs> so it's, it's important to, to have those boundaries and to say – I need this space, but you're running a business and your business can't shut down completely for a long period of time and do that without losing some ground. Now, there's plenty of people that do it. They will shut down for a month or two and not do any work and then they build themselves back up. But they also have a base where they say, okay, we can get everything we need done before this date and then I can shut down for a month and I'll be back in 30 days and we'll pick up right where we were, but everything you need done for the next 30 days is already done. So it's, it's important to have those conversations with your clients. I agree. You don't want to keep it a secret. You don't want to try to pretend that you're working when you're not because it's just going to bite you. At some point, you're going to get disconnected. You're not going to be able to communicate and they're going to get upset. And, and Sometimes that's unpreventable too. Like you may end up in a situation where you thought you had everything in place. You thought everything was going to work and a hurricane came through and knocked all the power out at the hotel you're staying at. You can't control those things. All you can do is be ready for what's going to happen after that and have a plan to say, okay, this happened. This is why it happened. I'm sorry you're upset, but I couldn't prevent that. And, and the best thing is when you have that plan and you don't disappear on them, when something drastic like that happens, they're not going to be as upset. They're, they're going to be understanding because you can't control the weather. You can't control things that happen like that. So it, it is important to make sure you have a plan, the expectations are there, and that you're honest with your clients. So what do you do when you are Coming home, we just got off the road. What are the kind of some of the first steps you take to kind of get back into your routine? You know, it's I, I get my computer set up, I get it booted up, launch all my programs, and I kind of step away for a second so that I can kind of get focused back in my space. Um, you know, get coffee or or do something um, that'll get me just refocused, and then you know, just hop right back in, you know, like dive into the, the pool, so to speak. Um, make sure that my files are syncing right again. Um, check my emails. I think that uh, there's this technique uh, where you start your day by checking your emails first and then kind of ignoring them for a good portion of the day. That's a good practice. So you could just kind of uh, that that can help you kind of prioritize. I may even just make be more thorough on my to-do list coming back into my workspace um, because, you know, especially if you're coming back from a vacation, <laughs> you're going to need the time to kind of resettle. Yeah, I, I highly recommend that 
you give yourself 12 to 24 hours after you were back in your office, you were home, until you really set meetings, that you really set the deadlines for the next project. Like, I, I'm a huge proponent that if I go away for a week or more, I do not have, like, say I come back on Sunday, I do not have meetings on Monday morning. Because you just, you're going to be useless. You're not going to have your brain on straight. You're not going to be ready to focus and ready to do what you need to do. Take the time you need and really regroup yourself, get back into your routine and then start setting meetings and then start setting deadlines because you want to have your head about you before you get into that stuff. But yeah, you're right. Make sure things are syncing correctly. Make sure that everything's the way it's supposed to be, that all your programs are up to date, that you're catching up on email and, and have a procedure in place to make sure that you take the steps you need to to make sure that you can get back into that flow and make sure you're doing what you need to do. So I, I think that covers a lot of what you and I go through when we travel and, and what we do. But I wanted to briefly touch on the small things. Like you you do things with the coffee shop. Like that's small travel. Why do you do that? Uh, that's to get out of my space. Um because you'll find that when you're home, you'll find more excuses to not work than just to actually do the work. Um, maybe there's laundry to be done or the dishwasher reset or, or just there's TV to watch. Um, so I will take the show on the road when I feel like I'm going to be distracted. Um, I also take it on the road so that I can meet with clients. I don't want to exactly bring them in the house. Um, because I'm trying to separate, eventually I would like my own office or to meet people in a co-working space. Right now, my office hours are typically in a coffee shop. So I know the owner and, uh, they don't mind. They like me bringing new clients to them. Yeah. And I think that's important. So there, there's little travel like that. And then there's big travel where like you have your honeymoon coming up and you need to think about the bigger Thing that that's going to be and the bigger upset that'll do to your business and how do you handle it? So I think we, we touched on some really good things. So before we close off, why don't we jump into recommendations? You actually said you had a really good recommendation for this week. Yeah, because I'm working on my current website, um, just rebooting it, I've been uh, kind of mindful of what, port what I want in my portfolio. And so right now I'm working on the brand side of things. Um, so I launch on YouTube and I look at the future. We've posted some of their blogs before, but they have a specific one called my first design portfolio. And it's just a good, um, down to earth, uh, rethink of how to do your portfolio. And I know I've been at this for 14 years, but I still want to kind of rewind and see what people are doing today as uh, for their portfolios and also things to consider. Um, some of the great advice coming out of this is to not really present yourself as a generalist, especially if you're a beginner in the field and you post, you know, animation, you know, branding, you know, lettering and all this. No one's going to hire you because they're going to see beginner level status at all these things. Find what you're really good at and really highlight those things. Maybe you have a specific site or a specific sub page to these items, too. For me, it's going to be branding, it's going to be print design, and it's going to be presentation design. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I know we both are huge, huge fans 
of futures. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Mine is kind of a little, little off topic, little not off topic. It's Waze. It's basically a travel app that helps with traffic. It's directions and, and it's linked basically to a community of users that help it reroute you really easily. And the reason I'm going to recommend that is I had to take the two individuals I'm with to JFK Airport, and we're we're just outside of White Plains, so it's about an hour drive away to get them there, but it's only about 30 minutes <laughs> or 30 miles. So it, it's typical New York City area driving. It, it's crazy. It's stressful. It's I'm going to feel like I'm going to die, those kind of things. So I, it was interesting because it it didn't really reroute me a lot, but at one point it rerouted me really well and got me away, away from this really bad backup and got us around it. So we actually gained a few minutes on the way there and were able to get there even faster. And it's cool because it's community-based. So if somebody sees a car broken down on the side of the road, they'll tell the app to mark that. And so everybody else that's using Waze will get a message that says, hey, look out, there's somebody on the side of the road. And then you can thumbs up that so that people know it's still there. Or I think it's a a broken heart or a circle with a line through it to say it's not anymore so that eventually if enough people say that, it'll take it off the route and you no longer get that warning. I I find it extremely helpful when I'm driving. It it kept my stress level lower than it could have been, especially since I don't know this area very well. It's One of the comments I made to my buddy was, Waze actually tells you where to turn before the turn. I find some of the navigation apps are like, okay, turn here. Or, okay, you got to turn it like 10 feet. So it's like you get even more stressed out when it does that. But that this one really seemed to work well, especially in heavy traffic where I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on around me and make sure I don't hit anybody or that I don't get run over. And it just, it was great to use. And then on the way back from the airport, it rerouted me through like this tiny little neighborhood. And I could tell that other people were making the same route. And so it routed us around this huge backup again, and I ended up getting back to the hotel 10 minutes earlier than I thought I was going to. So it's it's a great app. It's been around for a while. Google owns it. So they're, they're pushing in a lot of data from their own stuff that they do, but it's amazing how quickly it responds to needing to change and things like that. So I highly recommend it. If you do any type of driving, traveling, check out Waze. I think you'd be really happy. So I think that's everything we have for this week. It's been kind of fun to record on the road, and I thought it'd be a good topic to talk about what it's like to be on the road. So you have anything else? No, that's it. Awesome. Well, if you guys want to find us, you can find us at RookieDesigner.com. There you'll find all the links to everything we have social. You'll find a lot of the links for where you can find us on Stitcher, on Anchor, on uh, Apple Podcast, and all uh, Overcast as well, on all kinds of different podcast apps. If you haven't left us a review, we would really love it if you could go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps people find out about us. It lets us know how we're doing. And it lets Apple know that we are a podcast that people are listening to. So if you get a chance, we'd love it if you could go over and do that. And remember, guys, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. (laughs) 